Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. If we take three simple words from the New Testament, like praise, glory, and grace, we may feel quite comfortable that we understand what they mean. But the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, links them together in one verse, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace, with which He graced us, in the Beloved. How about now? Do you feel that your understanding is adequate according to the divine revelation, especially when you put this verse in its context, that is, as the issue of our being predestinated unto sonship, in verse 5? Well, Ephesians is rich, high, and mysterious because it is written from the viewpoint of God in the heavenlies, and from that point of view, praise, glory, and grace flowing out of our sonship are not simple at all. But marvelous. Bob Danker has joined us for our program today, Life Study in the Book of Ephesians. Bob, welcome back. It's good to be back, Chris. I agree with you. This matter that we're going to touch in this broadcast is marvelous and mysterious. Here we see that praise, glory, and grace are all related to one another. And this challenges us concerning whether we really understand what these three things mean. The way uh, the Apostle Paul, of course this is God through the Holy Spirit inspiring through Paul, the way he opens up this book, uh, it has such a a majesty to it, and you you get the sense right away you're not dealing with anything common. We talked a little bit in one of the programs last week as we began this life study uh, that the book of Romans, which was also Paul's uh, writing, uh, opens up in such a different way, really condemning man and making a case against man to, to convince man of his need for salvation. But here it, it is all from this higher plane, isn't it? It is, Chris. It's from the plane of God in the heavens, not from the plane of man's pitiful condition on the earth. We read verse 6, we alluded to verse 5. Let me read that now, Bob. We talked about this on Friday, but I think it would be worthwhile to have a couple of minutes where you could review this matter for us. And verse 5 is the one that says, predestinating us unto sonship through Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Another almost inexhaustible matter opened up in this short verse, isn't it? That's right. I think the focus of this verse is this matter of sonship. God the Father in eternity past predestinated us unto sonship. And that implies a lot. It implies that we have the spirit of God's Son, we have the life of God's Son, we have the position of God's Son, we have the image of God's Son, Mm. we have the glory of God's Son. Right. All these things are included in this marvelous matter of the sonship that God has predestinated us to. So this is our destiny. Our destiny is the sonship. Bob, we just mentioned Romans. If you go back to Romans and the life study that we had there, we see that in that book, Paul somewhat personifies 
sin. Uh, he refers to sin almost as if it were a person. And of course we know what that is referring to, the nature of the evil one who uh, has a persona, an evil persona, and it is expressed in us as sin. Now, uh, in this coming portion where we're going to talk about these three words, praise, glory, and grace, we will see that Paul also personifies grace. And I think that will be an interesting revelation to our listeners. Let's join Witness Lee. Now we go on to uh, the praise of the glory of God's grace. Three things here are covered. Grace, glory, and praise. What is his grace? The law was given to Moses. But grace came through Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.20 that says, Not I, but Christ the lives. Then you have 1 Corinthians 15.10 that says, Not I, but the grace of God with me. Then 2 Corinthians 13.14 says, The grace of Christ be with you. Grace is somewhat like a person. And this person came. And this person actually is just God himself. If you get into the spirit of the New Testament concerning grace, you have to realize grace is somewhat a personified thing. Not I, but the grace of God. What's that? Huh? What's that? I, the apostle Paul said, labored more than all the apostles. Yet, not I, but the grace of God. You read it. A person becoming the very grace. So, grace is just what God is. When God is enjoyed by you, this is grace. Grace is the very God in His Son Christ to us to be our portion, that we may enjoy whatever He is. This is grace. God is light. God is love. If we don't enjoy this light, we don't have grace. If we don't participate in this love, we don't have grace. Once we enjoy this light, and we participate in this love, we have grace. This is grace. Grace is just what God is to us as our portion for our enjoyment. Bob, in Romans, when Paul was referring to the evil that he did, he said, it was not I but sin. And now in 1 Corinthians, uh, referring to his... Uh, the opposite of the evil, he says, not I, but grace. Of course, sin there has to refer to this persona of Satan. So it's clear that grace is referring to a person as well. And this somewhat challenges the traditional definition of grace just being unmerited favor, doesn't it? It certainly does, Chris. Uh, in the concept of most people, grace is just something God does for us that we don't deserve. We don't have any merit of our own, but God does something for us, uh -huh. unmerited. But actually, if you read the New Testament carefully, especially these portions that Witness Lee pointed out here, it's very clear that grace is personified. For instance, in John chapter 1, uh -huh. it says the law was given 
through Moses. The law was something given. Uh, the law and Moses were not one and the same. Moses gave the law. That's right. But then it says, it doesn't say that grace was given through Jesus Christ. It says grace came through Jesus Christ. Well, that's wonderful. When Christ came, grace came, because grace is a person. And grace is really this wonderful person of Christ. As Witness Lee pointed out in Galatians 2.20, Paul said, Not I, but Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 15.10, he said, Not I, but the grace. Well, grace certainly here is contrasted with I, who is a person. So grace also is a person. And when we compare these two verses, we see grace is just Christ living in us. And Witness Lee gave a marvelous definition of grace here. Uh, he said, grace is just God himself in his Son, Christ, to be our portion that we may enjoy whatever God is. Whenever we enjoy God as love, as light, as our holiness, as our righteousness, this is grace. This enjoyment is the real and genuine grace. Now, I was struck with both of these words. He said, uh, when we enjoy and when we participate in God's love, we are participating in his grace and likewise in his light or in any other of his divine attributes. That's right, Chris. When God's love becomes subjective to us, when it becomes something as a reality within us, uh -huh. even filling us, right. enabling us to love God and love others with the love of God, that is grace. That is the real grace that is spoken of in the New Testament. That is God himself as our enjoyment. Well, Bob, grace in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 doesn't stand alone, and it's connected to glory. The, the passage that we read says, to the glory of his grace. Let's look at glory in this coming portion. What is the glory? In the Bible, glory is just God himself manifested. Whenever God is expressed, that is glory. Many, many times, I like to use the light of electricity. Electricity, when it is heated, it is just electricity. When electricity is expressed, it becomes the light. And the light is just the glory. When God is hidden, you couldn't see the glory. But when God is expressed, you see the glory. So what is the glory? The glory is just God expressed. When the tabernacle in ancient time was erected, Right away, the Bible says what? The glory of Jehovah filled that tabernacle. What was that? That was the expression of God. In the same principle, the Son of God came as the effulgence of the glory of God. This means the Son of God is the very expression of God. No man has ever seen God, but we have seen the glory of the only begotten. So, glory is just God expressed. Now, the glory of His grace, it means what? It means when you receive grace, when you enjoy God, there is always the sensation, glory. 
You don't have the word to express it. But it's just of glory. My. When we do realize that we have been chosen to be holy. And that we have been predestinated unto sonship. Then we have the spirit of the son. We have the life of the son. We have the position of the son. And now we are going to be conformed to the image of the son. And we will have the completion of the sonship, the redemption of our body, and then someday we will inherit the sonship. Just think it over. Just consider a little bit. You say, my glory! And you say, my glory! Bob, he began this uh, section with an illustration that we've, we've used before, but it's worth coming back to this matter of electricity and the light bulb to illustrate this concept of glory. We use the, I think all, you know, Christians and probably Jews uh, use this term glory. What does it really mean? And this is a marvelous illustration, but I'm also going to ask you to connect it as he did near the end here to what we were just talking about a moment ago, and that was this wonderful experiential grace that we were participating in and enjoying, and now it's related to glory. So uh, that's your assignment in this segment, Bob. Okay, well, Chris, Witness Lee did mention that in our experience, whenever we participate in what God is, that means we enjoy some aspect of what God is. It becomes our subjective enjoyment. Then there is a sensation within us of glory. Something is shining. God is shining within us. God is manifested within us. And this manifested God is just the very glory. So this grace that we enjoy, which is God himself, becomes glory within us as we are enjoying God. And I think if we have really tasted the Lord in this kind of way, enjoyed him, we agree. There's something so uh, shining so marvelous in this grace. And uh, this grace shines not only within us, it even shines through us and shines out of us so that others can see God in us. When we enjoy God, we express Him. Mm. That means God is glorified in us who are His sons. When we enjoy His grace, God is manifested within us and through us to others. It was really true with the Lord Jesus. He is the very effulgence of God's glory. He is the shining out of the invisible God. When men saw him, when men encountered him, when men heard him, they saw God expressed. They saw God manifested. They saw the glory of God. Of course, he was on the mount there in Matthew 17. Mm -hmm. The disciples saw something very bright and shining, shining out from within him. It wasn't just something surrounding him. It was something coming out from within him. Well, this is God expressed. This is glory. And uh, when we enjoy God as our grace, we experience this glory in a very real and subjective way. Yeah, it is very much like someone just turned on the light bulb within us, isn't it? As we uh, have had such an experience with the Lord and, and there is that almost indescribable sensation that something within is now shining that previously was not. That is one of the most precious of all of our experiences in the Christian life. It certainly is, Chris. We need this experience daily, even, I would say, moment by moment. 
I told this story one time previously. I will just repeat it again because it means a great deal to me. Uh, the night that I got saved, when I received the Lord, I was confronted by an elderly sister in the Lord. Uh, I'll never forget her face. At that time, she was over 80. She came up and greeted me. She didn't say anything spiritual or religious, but she just grabbed my hand and looked into my eyes. And I tell you, Bob, I was transfixed because there was such a shining coming out of her, radiating her like nothing I'd ever seen. And, of course, I realized shortly thereafter what I was seeing was really the love of God shining out through this sister. As you said, it doesn't just shine in us, it shines through us. And that was, more than any words that were spoken to me that night, what really convicted me on the one hand and then filled me with hope that uh, to believe in Christ was the, the most blessed opportunity that could await any human being. And so, uh, to me, this is a very meaningful uh, passage. And to touch this topic uh, still some 30 years now later resonates very deeply in me. And also with me, Chris, I still remember the day that I received the Lord. Before I prayed to receive Him, I had the feeling of darkness within me. But after I believed in the Lord, there was a glorious shining within me. I just felt something glorious has entered into me, although I didn't understand at the time. But I really experienced God as grace and God as glory. I just recommend to our listeners, of course, at the end of the program, we usually talk about the printed life study messages, which we will also for this one, but also that you mentioned the effulgence of his glory. That is a quote from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And if any one of our listeners has the recovery version, the footnote there, 3-1, on this word effulgence is worth the price of the recovery version. So I hope that all of you listening will take advantage and check that out. It's footnote 3-1 in the recovery version on in Hebrews chapter 1. All right, let's go back, Bob, to Witness Lee for our final segment today. Then what is priest to the priest of the glory. To the priest. Let me check with you. Who are going to priest? I'm a little concerned you have never preached once for the century. In your whole Christian life, you have never preached God. You sang God a lot of times, right? To sing God is that you have gained some benefit. But to praise God is for what He is. When you praise God, you should get out of yourself. Don't make yourself as a sinner. You have a Thanksgiving day. There is not a day of praise. So, all the Americans need to have a praise day. this. <laughs> God has predestinated us into sonship to the priests. Who are the priests here? Probably the angels are the first group of priests. My, all these poor sinners captured by us, now they became sons of God. The demons will be shot. But I tell you, the angels will be dancing and praising. Not only the angels, all the passive things in the whole universe will praise God. You know when will be the full time of this praise? When Romans 8 says, All creation today is under bondage. For what? For the manifestation of the sins of God. When the manifestation of the sins of God comes, the whole universe will praise God. The whole universe. 
angels, all the passive things, they all will praise God. By that time, the glory of God's grace will be there. Now, we couldn't hear much praise. But then, we will hear, we'll be shocked. Shocked by what? By the praise offered to God by all the angels and all the passive things in the whole universe. They all praise God because of us. They all will praise God because of the sins. Well, I hope uh, all of our listeners caught his early comparison here between uh, thanking God and praising God. And I'm going to pose that to you as a question here in just a minute, Bob. But I don't know if the Bible tells us that the angels thank God, but it certainly tells us that the angels praise him, doesn't it? So what is the difference, Bob, between thanking God and praising God? Well, of Chris, of course, when we thank God, it's always with ourself as the center because we receive some benefit from God, so we give him thanks. Uh-huh. But when we praise God... Uh, we can praise God when we're suffering, when God does nothing for us at a time of need. We simply praise him for what he is. Wow. We praise him for himself. And this will take place in a grand way in the future when we, as God's sons, who have been produced by the enjoyment of God as grace, when we are manifested as Romans 8 says, the manifestation of the sons of God, when it becomes clear to the universe that we, who were once the sinners uh-huh. under Satan's dominion, have become God's sons, even God's glorified sons, when we are manifested as God's sons, then every positive thing in the universe will praise the glory of God's grace which has produced us as sons. It will be a great day. They will praise God for us. Yes. The sons of God. And I agree. I think we will be a little surprised on that day (laughs) that we will be the cause of this praise. So that day is somewhat a fulfillment of Ephesians 1, 5, and 6. Uh, in a sense, there, there's kind of a prophetical element to 1, 5, and 6, uh, predestinated unto sonship, unto the praise of the glory of his grace. Of course, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be a corresponding praise to God today for our sonship. And I, I was challenged by his question here, how often have you praised God for your sonship? That's right, Chris. Do we realize what... It means to have the sonship. If we did, we could not hold back our praise to God. Mm. Boy, this was a wonderful program today. I really enjoyed this message, Bob. I hope our listeners got something out of it. I did. I certainly did too, Chris. I really enjoy this ministry. Well, we have, of course, the printed life study messages, three volumes in uh, the book of Ephesians, 97 messages in total. And uh, that's available. Uh, we mentioned the recovery version. We haven't mentioned the recovery version for a while, and we don't mention it enough. In a sense, it's a study Bible. We've talked about it before. It's a footnoted Bible, the New Testament, with more than 9,000 footnotes that really open up the riches uh, contained in God's Word. Very much uh, coordinated, I would say, with the points that we touch day by day on this life study program. So that is available as well, and you can find out about that as well as the life study. And all that's available if you'll call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. 
Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. I wish we had more time, Bob, but uh, we'll invite you to come back very soon as we continue on in our life study of Ephesians. I look forward to the next time, Chris. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening, and please join us again tomorrow. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.